everybody and welcome back to the Sounds of Stadia podcast for episode number 152 of your longest running weekly Google Stadia podcast. You join myself, Chris, alongside the man of many pixels, Mr. Richie. Welcome again here. You were here last week, I wasn't, so yeah. saying welcome back seems weird. Yeah, I'm the one who should be saying welcome back to you. I am back, everybody. I've returned from sunny, sunny France. Uh, I survived... And I'm ready to get into all the juicy stadium news because we do have a fantastic show lined up for you all right here. As I said, on the longest running stadium podcast in the world for episode number 152. Don't forget to give the video a like, subscribe and hit that bell so you're kept in the loop with all of the amazing cloud gaming and stadium news. We do bring you here at Hades Cloud Games. Uh, we've got a great show lined up talking about all the Embracer movements, of course, more acquisitions, more purchases happening out there in the games industry. We have a first ever showcase from Disney and Marvel upcoming that may have some stadium news tinge to it uh, we've got a bunch of new game announcements teasers expansions 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 dlc and much much more to talk about but before we do get into all of that uh, welcome back everyone thanks for listening viewing watching of course uh, and shout out to our wonderful helix heroes the fantastic members of the channel over 50 of you support us that little extra that little extra piece richie that allows us to bring them better quality content uh, because we do pay for our podcast distribution. Uh, we don't think we've ever actually pointed that out, but we don't use the free channels because we want yeah. it to be as best as it can be. So for those of you out there listening on audio services only, uh, hope it sounds good. Hope it sounds good. Without it, is it a bit rate? Do you get a better bit rate if you pay for it? Is that yeah. the, the deal? It, it depends on what the service offer. A lot of them offer better, like things like better tools, make it easier to distribute all the different platforms, better bit rates and stuff like that. There's... Yeah, there's a lot of different stuff you can get. So hopefully we do sound good. And uh, thank you very much for you and the wonderful Rob for holding on the fort in my absence. It was uh, it felt really weird being off and actually not having anything to do, which I guess is the whole point of a vacation, but actually not prepping show notes, for example, and editing thumbnails and scheduling things. It was a bit of a bit of an odd situation to find myself in after 151 weeks. Yeah, it must be that kind of weird when you like got to the weekends like, I don't have a show to record here. Yeah, the I mean, I when, have free shows to record. Yeah, I mean, when you're on holiday, usually the days kind of get a bit mixed up anyway. But I did not know whether it was like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whatever day it was. Uh, but I was out relaxing, I was out sunning myself up. It's Quite, best way when you're holiday, though. It was, yeah, and I got to see some beautiful countryside in France. We took the car, so I did some drive, went to Paris for the day, and uh, Disneyland, of course, Disneyland Paris. And uh, yeah, so went to Avengers Campus. Uh, we should probably point out they may be a video going up on the channel. No. Oh. Um, you did some recording I, very very small uh i didn't obviously i was on holiday so i don't get too dragged down but uh think of think of avengers campus think about how that could link to stadia potentially and uh you'll have to wait and see if uh see if i pull anything together for that one yet but uh, keep your eyes peeled uh thank you a little bit of housekeeping uh before we get into the the thick of the show because we do have a fantastic show uh shout out to the wonderful folks over at uh, stadia dosage mm jack to slip and clive who arranged the 1000 days of stadia celebration that happened last monday in fact uh, it was in my calendar for the longest of times richie and i thought i was the only individual who knew that the thousand days was coming up and then loads of people were there ahead of me. Uh, they knew it was coming up, and uh, unfortunately, I was yeah. away. So we didn't actually do anything to celebrate, but shout out to all the wonderful people who streamed for the full day uh, across the planet. Uh, plenty of content out there to watch. And uh, nice to see a couple of new streamers out there, some names that I'm not too familiar with, some up-and-coming rising stars, as they say. Yeah, it would have been nice to be involved, but just the timing didn't work with, with you being away and basically me having to run the channel solo. I was like, I just didn't have... 
any t- just basically didn't have any more time to wow. spend on Stadia. Poor Rob, he, he steps up to the plate and you just say, "I've run Rob helped me out. <laughs> Rob helped me out massively, but like writing the shows, recording them, hosting them, editing them, sorting the thumbnails, all that sort of behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, yeah. for like every show. It takes a lot. For, it takes a lot. It does. It, it's time consuming, and it's it like, is. It occasionally, is. I want to sleep. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we do have a wonderful show, of course, Talking the PS, our weekly PlayStation podcast is still available there, breaking down all the PlayStation news. There'll be a new one out tomorrow, uh, diving into all the exciting stuff that's happened, but we won't get into on this one because this is predominantly a Stadia podcast, of course. Uh, we had a great episode of CloudQuest that went live this past Friday. We actually, a uh, very Stadia-centric topic, we discussed uh, all of the games that we played just because of Stadia, so where we wouldn't have got to them if it wasn't... Uh, for the wonderful platform and all the things it brings to us. So let us know in the comments below what game you enjoyed specifically because of Stadia. Was it a little indie title? Was it a game that you missed out on? Maybe an older title that you missed first time around? Uh, or was it something different? Let us know in the comments below because uh, we do need to get our common algorithm up, Richie. I don't know how we're going to do it exactly. Um, yeah. I'd say let sure. us know in the comments how we can get our common algorithm up and that, that kind of might fix itself. But uh, yeah, if you're, uh, if you're watching along on YouTube... Uh, just drop anything. Put random gibberish letters in there for all we know. But Every, everyone should in the comments just say "Welcome back to Chris" in French. That's what I want from you. Every every week we're going to tell you to do one thing in the comments to see if you're listening. Uh, I did attempt some French when I go abroad. I always do like to make an effort to name things, and everyone can get kind of like the thank yous down, the good mornings and such. Two beers, please. Two beers, yeah, of course, all that usual stuff. But I was trying to learn things. Google Translate obviously helps us quite a lot now when we're out and about. Although you do very much butcher the butcher the language and realize that oh, you can't speak. We were it. doing that in Poland. Remember the first year when Poland was sat outside that bar and we were just googling stuff so we could learn a bit of Polish yeah. all their old drinks. Pronunciation very 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 different. Uh, of course, but uh, yes, so we'll get into all the awesome Stadia content soon. We do have a live stream coming up next week. I think I'm going to probably jump in and uh, check out the new Saints Row reboot uh, if you want to get on with me on that one, Richie. Uh, it comes out next Tuesday, uh, 23rd. However, the live stream will probably be scheduled for the Thursday as usual uh, because on Tuesday we've got a special uh, live reaction show, watch along with you wonderful folks out there, of uh, the Gamescom opening night live hosted by Jeff Keighley, which we'll get into as part of the news. We'll have some uh, pre-game show predictions at the end of this particular episode uh, but yes Gamescom opening night live is uh, Central Europe it's 7pm uh, if you're here in the UK uh, if you're over in Europe it's 8pm an hour ahead of course uh, if you're over in the States Eastern Time is 2pm and Pacific Time is 11am so we'd love you to join us here on the channel as we watch long it's about a two hour show Jeff said um, there's some already confirmed developers and some, prize, some surprises up for, up for grabs, I was going to say, uh, up for uh, watching along. So um, let's hope we get some Stadia news or some cloud gaming news in general. If not, it's always good to see some Stadia, uh, some gaming, sorry, updates and uh, what's going on in the world. So fantastic stuff. Uh, Richie, before we get into the news, uh, what have you been playing in, in my absence? Or have you just been editing shows and hitting the gym? <laughs> Um, editing shows, hitting the gym, and just chipping away at Ghost of Tsushima, mainly. Bit of FIFA, because the season started, transfer windows well underway, so it's like one of them that went periods of the season where my interest in football spikes. Mm. So it's like, oh, I want to jump into FIFA, and it's like, I, 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 I'm, I really want to get my hands on the next one. Yeah, so yeah, not too you, long. you need to start releasing it a bit about, it's, it comes out in September, you need to start releasing it in August. Like It's the transfer window, off. though, isn't it? It's getting your players locked in. And stuff. Yeah, but Although, this is the point where people, I think, are most interested, where there's most news happening in the sport. That's true. Although it doesn't seem to hamper the sales. Yeah, and on, you can yeah. update. 
and they do like update the squads as they go That's through. Yeah, so updates, like, yeah. in the past I understood it, but now it's like it doesn't really make that much yeah. sense. It Just would, get out as it soon as It would you can. certainly be great having it day one. Uh, I wonder if they have any yeah. metrics that say like everybody's too busy watching football to actually want to play. I, I don't think it'll be that. I think it's just probably a historic thing from before they could have update the like the game re- regularly. So mm-hmm. they probably want to wait till the end of the transfer window before release, so they can have the most update version going out. Yeah. But now where you can literally get day one updates and then day one PM updates, and mm-hmm. like you can just continually update the game every week. It's, you can change that policy, but exactly. And of course, if you're on cloud gaming, like a lot of you viewers and listeners out there, uh, you don't need to do any of that because the game is always just at its latest version. Uh, right. Before we do get into the bulk of the show, I did actually have some notes from last week's uh, show, Richie. Um, not okay. not criticisms, just some uh, some updates I want to give from my perspective on things. Uh, while I was obviously, I did listen. It was the first show I've ever listened to. I think since you and Tom hosted one many many moons ago. Um, I've got in my bullet points after I was listening. Uh, really hot in the UK. Apparently, I avoided like some crazy heat wave. Um, I don't know yep. whether I just spent more time outside, so I wasn't inside cooking as much as. Uh, obviously, the houses over here are very insulated. Uh, the second place I got to in my hold actually had air conditioning, like a proper air conditioning unit. Uh, may have left it on all day by accident, got back on at night, and it was absolutely freezing in the room. <laughs> but oh, it, was, it, nice. it, it was it was a very refreshing. I slept very well that night. Um, Rob did his proud. He did the news proud specifically at the introduction. I know he joked about saying he was nervous leading up to it. So uh, well done, Rob. Uh, you did it. You did yourself proud. Uh, Sonic Racing. I think we just spoke about pre-show that uh, I think someone pointed out to us that apparently Sonic Racing uh, room with the gifts were debunked or something. But a week on, I'm still yet to see anyone on Twitter or in yeah. Reddit post specifically where the Sonic yeah. Racing gifts were debunked. Because as far as I'm concerned, Richard from XDA who wrote the article got those gifts direct from Google and I've not seen anyone come out and say otherwise since so as far as I'm concerned Sonic Racing is coming to the platform hopefully soon yeah and the claim was kind of that it was debunked before the party stream um, news even dropped so I was like sceptical on that one we'll see yeah if you have a but sauce if you have, there, if you have a sauce let us know I, yeah. I'm happy to prove myself correct prove myself wrong <laughs> um, and next up I've got we would totally accept a shadow a raid shadow legend sponsorship <laughs> I know you and Rob went back and forth saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, yeah, totally. If they wanted to pay us money to talk about Raid Shadow Legends, then yes. As long as the audience is okay with it. No, I I don't care. (laughs) It's not that intrusive. We'll we'll work it, Wayne. Um, uh, Weakest blog last week. I think I missed the weakest blog. I didn't even read it. I know you you told me afterwards, like, check out the blog. And I kind of read it and I was like, I don't get what I'm missing. You're like, that's the point. It's that short. There was nothing in it. There's nothing in it. (laughs) Nothing in it. Guilt, great game. But yeah, it came out obviously two and a half years ago now. So uh, fill your boots. And uh, the final point, the final bugbear, Richie, is you've never really watched SpongeBob. What the hell is wrong with you, lad? I just never did. How? Everybody's watched know, SpongeBob, just... right? I mean, I've seen episodes, but wow. it wasn't one like one of them shows that when I go home from school, I immediately need to watch. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well. I, we'll I, leave, I don't we'll know. Leave. I just I just don't really have any touchstone to it. It's just. Okay. Well. we'll yeah. Just leave that one there then. Uh, shun him in the comments chat shun him in the comments uh, anyway that that's all I had it was just a few fu- funny bullet points as I was listening along and chuckling to myself about certain things so uh, yes terrific show last week uh, talking to PS out tomorrow Thursday live stream for Saints Row next week join us for Gamescom and well done to everyone who took part in the thousand days of Stadia celebration uh, who knew we'd have made it to a thousand days 
it'll almost be three years uh, next month actually so uh, same with this very podcast we've got some uh, big announcements upcoming soon about our plans for our third year celebrations and uh, yeah we just need to organize a few more chess pieces into place and we'll probably hopefully let you know next week actually but uh, stay tuned keep it locked Uh, right Richie uh, returning the baton over to you from the fantastic Rob last week Uh, if you could do us the honors of introducing us to the the super sexy special stadia story segment Aka the, the news. news. How, how did that feel? Going back and doing that again. Felt fine. Felt like, good. Like a comfy pair of trainers yeah. that you slip back into, and you're like, ah, these are I better mean, than my new ones. Still, it still feels like it's Tom's thing, though. <laughs> After fifty, literally almost a year, I think, since Tom was yeah, last on. I, I, I still think Tom does it better than me. It's, it's the it's the posh accent, isn't it? That's what does it. You'll have to learn to do it in French, and then we'll talk about accents. Uh, anyway, we digress. Uh, great show, filled with news. Um, not so. We're going to be clear right up, up top. Not so much stadia-specific this week. Uh, some of the biggest stories that are out there in the industry. Um, part of me and part of us always, again, wants to be optimistic about things. There are tangible links to a lot of stuff that is stadia-related in terms of the developers, the companies, or really just that we don't really know because the... There's, there's not really been any announcements this year to, to point us in any direction of partnerships or anything like that. The last real big one we had was genuinely Phil Harrison coming out and saying we've made great partnerships with EA, I think, and that was many, many moons ago now. So here we are, though, story number one of the week. The For the first time ever, we have a Disney and Marvel showcase. So it was announced last week as part of the uh, D3, a D23 Expo. Um, a Disney and Marvel game showcase, which will be running Friday the 9th of September, uh, streamed at 9pm in the UK. So there is a, probably a very high chance that we might live react to this, Richie, in place of a live stream for that particular week. Um, Potentially, just, yeah. just for the crack. I mean, it's Marvel and Disney, so we'll theorise in a little bit. Um, they've already confirmed there is going to be some promising all new announcements alongside some additional details on previously rele- uh, revealed games. There'll be more from Disney Dreamlight Valley, which is the free-to-play kind of live-in-Disneyland kind of game coming up. Don't really know what that is. Kind of looks like The Sims mixed with something else. Uh, alongside additional news on LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. So it looks like some extra DLC is in the pipeline for that top-selling LEGO game. Uh, and the recently delayed Marvel's Midnight Suns from Firaxis is also uh, going to get some updates. Uh, but the real draw, though... If you really, really love your um, kind of village Sims life and you're not quite kind of in that world, is Skydance New Media uh, are also going to be showing something from Amy Hennig's game. So Amy Hennig, of course, famous for writing the Uncharted games um, back in the day, uh, who's kind of not really put out a game for well over a decade now. She, of course, uh, ironically enough, was with um, EA previously working on Project Ragtag, which was going to be the Uncharted-inspired Star Wars game. Uh, where she worked on that for a few years and then got shut, it got all got shuttered when they shut down uh, vis- uh, Visceral Games. So it sounds like she's back for another crack at the whip with Disney, uh, this time in the form of a, a Marvel, is it Marvel game or did it just say Star Wars? Can't Marvel Ensemble game. Um, oh, no, set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, the Skydance one is the Star Wars one. Um, so it looks like she's still on Star Wars. This might just be a rejuvenation of the Project Ragtag game uh, from Visceral that EA were handling, but I'd be interested to know, obviously, legal reasons. They're probably, if it's not EA, they couldn't use every element of it, but I'm sure she's going to pull along some kind of uh, stories. I'm reading different reports to you here, because from the Eurogame article, I'm reading, um, the real draw, though, unless you really love your village life sims, is a glimpse of Skydance New Media and and Hennig's Marvel Ensemble game. 
I think it's a Marvel game, not a Star Wars one. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that maybe that's where I'm getting confused because I've read that top line and then it flicks. See, you have a week off, folks, and you can't even read things. It's because later on it tells you about Project Ragtag and then it says that was based in the Star Wars universe. So I think I'm just getting my wires crossed. So yeah, the Marvel Ensemble game, whatever that looks like. Um, Richie, big Marvel fan, yeah. big Star Wars mm-hmm. fan, as I'm sure many of our viewers and listeners out there. What what do you expect to see from this? It's weird that the kind of it's 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 Disney rather than just the individual developers and publishers. This is a bunch of different teams kind of being pulled together to do a showcase. Um, and more interestingly, uh, this will have a live audience. So it's not going to be just a broadcast showcase. D- the D23 Expo is Disney's kind of big event uh, outside of Star Wars Celebration they do every year. That They tell us updates on the park, the Disneyland parks, the Disney World parks. They tell us about the movies, Disney+. Plus. We'll have a big segment there. We'll probably hear about loads of new uh, content coming up for that, uh, movie plans and stuff. Uh, and this is the first kind of time they've embraced video games as a whole. And um, it could be anything, really. Where, what would you like to see from this showcase? Um, well, I mean, Amy Hennig's game I want to see. A Marvel Ensemble game could be awesome. I worry slightly as an ensemble, to be honest, because when I think of an ensemble game, I, I think of Marvel's Avengers, where every not every not most characters don't feel as good as you would like them to see, whereas if, when you focus into on a single, how a single character plays, I think you can do something better. But there again, Hennig's um, like back catalogue, uh, uh, repertoire is pretty solid, so very interested to see what that game's about. Um, well, Mar- you you have Marvel and Star Wars. Like, there's there's a lot. Some of the EA games, what we've been talking about the last few weeks, we could hear about. Yeah, obviously like not Black Panther no game. EA Play event, so there could yeah, be a tease on that. Maybe the decision, like it looks like the decision um, Disney have made is, you know what, we're going to have our own, let's say, assume it's going to be an annual games press conference mm-hmm. yeah. where all the games that fall under us are going to be there. They can be other other places, but they're going to be here. And you could easily see them writing that into a contract as well. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to make a if you want to make a Black Panther game, an Iron Man game, that's fine, but you unveil it at our event. And once it's done at our event, then you can push it however thing. you want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and kind of, I guess, there's with Disney kind of, t- kind of taking ownership of it, in a way, there might actually be more eyes on your product so handing it over like skydance let's face it if skydance just did like a random video on skydance's youtube channel would many people i'm sure if it went on the marvel channel it would have got more a few more eyes but yeah disney doing it at their showcase is going to get all the coverage from all the different outlets and it just puts it puts the titles front and center um i'm trying to think kind of what i would want there's so many games out there in development that are so many years away now i kind of i'm kind of getting a bit lost with which ones are closer rather than further away I'm thinking if EA are working on a title, part of me wants to see a new Battlefront game. But actually, like I think I've said many times on this show, an actual Battlefront like live games as a service. I'm not usually the biggest fan for games as a service, but that being sequelized seems a bit daft. I would rather have a Mandalorian season pass and a Soka season I- pass, but the, the missions and the planets and the worlds can just be constant. You don't need to bring out another game where you reintroduce Kamino again play on Naboo yeah. again when it could just be the maps exist and then you just update them and add them like like you would with Call of Duty Warzone the idea behind bringing out a sequel to something like that is the longer a game as a service goes on the harder it is for new players to get involved mm-hmm. so then you have this like clean break moment so okay we've run the game for five years or f- five six seven years however long you want to run it for now we have a clean break moment where we're going to basically 
everyone's back to everyone's back to like level zero and we're going to start again. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll see a battlefront because um, it was quite controversial the last one. But it sold well. So I, it sold, it sold well. But it, was, it sold well. But this was before Disney started taking things back in hand. True. I think they might be very cautious at the moment, as they're setting up their own Disney uh, game studios mm-hmm. and like publishing label about kind of setting off on a bad front, a bad step out of the gate. So Battlefront feels like a a risk now in a couple of years' time. May, once they've got a couple of games out, maybe they've got Jedi Survivors come out, things like that. Maybe Marvel's Midnight Suns have got a bit of hmm. a bit of like credibility in the bank. Then they could start maybe looking into a Battlefront, but I think now would be a risk. Yeah, I mean, it would it would still sell. I think the big difference between the games as a service like Call of Duty and Fortnite and stuff, trying to do their season passes, and you, you said about that fresh break, but this has Star Wars associated to it, so every time there is a new movie, every time there is a new comic book, every time there is a new TV show comes out, you've got that boost of like interest. Oh. Like I get that itch to play a Star Wars game every time there's new content coming around. I, I 100% believe a Battlefront game can be successful, but I think it was so... That game, Battlefront 2 is so associated with loot, loot boxes and pretty horrible gotcha mechanics and that I think the brand of Battlefront has become quite tarnished. The game itself, once they got rid of the stupid star card system and got rid of all the pay-to-win nonsense, mm-hmm. is actually a phenomenal game. Genuinely, it's yeah. a phenomenal game as a service. I do wonder... But with, I think it's just a bit too solid yeah, for I, now. I do wonder with EA not doing that well with Battlefield at the moment, whether they would actually rather lean into an IP. I, I mean, Battlefield, in my opinion, failed more than Battlefront 2 did, the last one. Agree, I agree, but it was less controversial. Oof, oh, it's the controversy, yeah. not the... Because not the, the game, if you look at it from a financial point of view, is successful. It's the amount of controversy that it garnered. Mm. Well, maybe and I think for a it. lot of gamers, a lot of gamers, that is their only impression of Battlefront. Well, either way, we, either way, it probably won't be happening with that yeah. one. Um, Amy, Amy Hennig's again. Don't know how long out it might be. I don't think it's been developed for, for that long, but I'm hoping. Did you just have something exciting to show us? Because yeah, with it, like the Lego game. I mean, I was talking to to Jeff, uh, one of our hosts, uh, co-hosts of the uh, Talking the PS podcast, about uh, my platinum trophy list this this last week, and one of them we touched on was he he got the platinum for Lego Skywalker Saga, and it took him 140 hours to get all of those kyber bricks and it, it made him hate lego games and i gave up around about the 400 mark out of 1100 and said i'm not i'm not wasting my time doing this like forget even though the platinum is very obtainable i don't want to spend 60 hours just collecting bricks it's on not a, fun yeah not fun it it's lost not its, fun it's not cha- is it one of them it's not challenging it's not fun it's just yeah. tedious so we talk this random yeah. alien they'll give you a mission go collect this thing bring it back and then you spend 10 minutes going to another planet fight some random lego people come back and then he goes oh thanks for the help move on and then do that a thousand yeah. times over i'm off to spend over 100 hours in a game and i definitely absolutely have done that several times persona mm-hmm. um <laughs> but the platinum has to be fun yeah. If you're going to put trophies in that are going to push you over 100 hours, it's got to be fun content. It shouldn't just be tedium just to keep you playing the game, just to pad your stats. Exactly. Um, we should point out again, like any of this stuff potentially coming to Google Stadia, everything's kind of up in the air, as I mentioned at the top of the show. 
with kind of the year ahead, whatever announcements we get, it would be great if we got an announcement to say like the Lego games are coming to Google Stadia. We don't have any Lego games on this platform, and I think I've said time and time again, but with it with the free trials we've got now, and with the kind of family friendly approach Stadia seem to be doing with like outright games and uh, trying to get as many variety of genre on the platform, the Lego games being missing is kind of a big gap, I think, in that family friendly market. And Lego Star Wars has sold better than any Lego game prior. So why not bring your biggest game to the cloud? Um, would be a fantastic get. And it's, again, these I've got to imagine the team at Google are out there trying to garner some new relationships with publishers and developers out there who they've not worked with in the past, who don't have maybe a negative experience or a tainted experience. They can now go to Fresh Face and say, look, we've got over 300 games nearly. We're doing free trials and everything. Here's some metrics maybe to back it up. Like They, they need to do something. They either write a check or do what they need to because, again, the year ahead... As we start creeping into autumn, Richie, not that far away, and we start looking ahead to 2023, I'd like to know what games we might be doing. So a partnership with TT Games would be would be a great one, especially if it meant we got a slow drip feed of older LEGO games at the same time. Yeah. Because that's a good it feels library. Like, it feels like an easy win for them on that one. Hmm. I think if you only have a limited budget to bring games over, you've kind of got to optimise how you spend that budget. And I think the LEGO games... As, when um, Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga dropped, I think we both agreed at the time, like, this should be on Stadia. This is a, an easy win for Stadia if they got this on the platform. Yep. Because the games are the family-friendly, so it kind of goes with that ethos of getting younger people involved and the next generation of gamers, but they're also adored by older fans. And they so play very well on mobile as well. It's like, that whole... They have it, The games are kind of ubiquitous for pretty much all demographics of gaming people just kind of like these games yep they really do um midnight suns again just had a, a delay recently so it's it's been pushed back um indefinitely we don't know uh, when the date is for that it, one i think if i remember rightly from last week i think it was the ps4 and xbox one versions were indefinitely but the ps5 version is still um I don't have my notes in front of me from t- talking to the PS, but I think the PS5 version is next week, next year. Um, there is no new release date in today's announcement, but 2K says Midnight Suns will now launch on Series X, PC, and, P- uh, and PS5 sometime before the end of the current fiscal year, uh, which yeah, comes close right. to March 2023. Unfortunately, anyone hoping to play on PS4, Xbox, and Switch will have an even longer wait with those versions delayed till a later date. Yeah, so from... I-, I-, I was right then. It's like it's next year for the like the current gen consoles yeah. and. Um, at some point in the future for us. Exactly, so a little bit while. But again, it's one of those things like Firaxis. We've not got a Firaxis game on Stadia. Um, it's, of course, like one of those four X games similar to XCOM. Um, I've never really played... I can't say I've played one of those games, so it would have me... It would pique my curiosity with the Marvel license, and I've heard the fantastic... I know loads of people who love the XCOM games, so interesting one. Uh, of course, there are stuff in between that. Richie, do you think we'll see anything from Kingdom Hearts? That got a reveal last year from Square Enix. It's a Disney showcase. Um, maybe it's entirely possible. I don't. I, I don't keep up with the Kingdom Hearts news, to be honest, because I'm not. I'm not a huge Disney fan. I like Disney fine, but like classic Disney's like, yeah, I grew up watching it, but it's like not stuff I go mad over. So I really don't know. I I don't know. I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game, so I don't know what's going on in that franchise at the moment. Okay. It's absolutely possible. 
Well, we'll have to wait and see, folks. 9th of September is when the showcase is. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get some good uh, some good Google Stadia news out of it. I'd like to start seeing some logos for the games coming out uh, next year and beyond, uh, after all. And, uh, yeah, I'm again, not optimistic it's, on that front. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. But as a, as a gamer all around, I'm sure there's something in there that's going to tickle our fancy, uh, whether we end up playing it on other platforms or not. Um, now I am confident on that one. Yes, indeed. Uh, next up, though, we have a big, uh, big story, big news. Uh, this one again, a little bit closer related to Google Stadia, and that is because it involves the Embracer Group, and we've discussed the Embracer Group many times uh, on this show. They, of course, are the umbrella company that kind of covers THQ Nordic and Kosh Media, which has now been named to Play On, if my memory serves me right. Play On. Yeah. Uh, um, Saber Interactive and, and a bunch of other titles. They're the guys who put out kind of the Destroy All Humans, the SpongeBob games that Richie hates so much. And uh, <laughs> and uh, some older titles, of course, they're working on kind of the time split. All I'm going to say Squidward was the real MVP of that show. Wow. Okay. I mean, yeah, who doesn't like Squidward? I'm Mr. Um, Krabs. And Mr. Krabs, of course. Shout out to um, Clancy Brown on that one. Uh, but yes, back to the news. Embracer Group, uh, embracing more companies. Uh, they've announced uh, a, a slew of purchases, as they always do. They don't do anything in one go. It's like, no, no, no. It's We've get out the checkbook and we're going to use the entire book up in one go rather than actually just make one big acquisition. Of course, their, their most recent one we discussed was uh, acquiring Crystal Dynamics, uh, Adios Montreal, and the Tomb Raider franchise. Uh, and a couple of other IP in and amongst that, and we thought that was huge on their on as far as they were concerned. That was a big IP, some big studios coming under the umbrella. Uh, well, next up, they've acquired the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit IP, and not just uh, for video games, but the movie rights, the television rights, uh, and and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, reading direct from the Embracer Group kind of company statement. Um, I'll try and find out the best the best particular parts. Da, 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 da. I'm truly excited to have the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, one of the most the world's most epic fantasy franchises, join the Embracer family, opening up uh, more transmedia opportunities, including synergies across our global group. I'm thrilled to see what lies in the future for this IP with Free Mode. So Free Mode is the kind of umbrella company that's going to look after all these new IP. So again, similar to how Embracer works. Embracer, now free mode underneath Embracer, and they're going to work uh, with Asmodee, who's the company that kind of looks after Lord of the Rings IP. Going forward, they're going to keep the same teams, just similar how Embracer do most things. They kind of stay hands-off and just let them run as their own business still. Um, it's probably something to do with tax evasion or whatnot. Uh, all these new uh, licenses that are coming into it, into this portfolio, uh, says Lars Wingfors, the founder and group CEO um, of Embracer. I mean... Richie, where do you even start with this? The the Lord of the Rings, of course, one of our favourite franchises, IPs of, of absolutely all time. And uh, Embracer Group, of all people, um, like these guys are like slowly, I know we said, I think we did it in the Cloud Quest episode, uh, which is available now, you should go check it out. They're becoming one of the, the biggest third-party games, well, media companies in the world right now, like some of the IP they've got is surpassing, I would argue, Ubisoft's library at this point. Tomb Raider, Lord of the Rings, SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, my, my my issue with the Embracer group is I don't think they've proven themselves at the AAA level yet. Uh, nope. I think buying things like Crystal Dynamics is one thing because you're buying the studio mm-hmm. that and the IP, so you could just get the studio, do it, crack on with what you're doing, you know what you're doing. 
I'm not convinced by this purchase of Lord of the Rings because it's a phenomenal IP. I've got a feeling that we're just going to get distinctly double A games out of it. That is the worry. Uh, it's. I don't. I. I want to see. I want to see Embrace of Reach take that step up and go. We are a triple A publisher. We are going to prove to you. I think Saints Row is probably going to be a litmus test on this one. Mm-hmm. Because if that comes out at the quality of like you'd expect from a triple A third party game now, maybe my view in this changes. But we haven't played that game yet. We haven't read the reviews yet, so. I can only judge them by the the work that they've produced so far, and the the games are fine. Yeah, but for this level of IP, I think I want I want to be wowed by what you're doing with this. Yeah, we should we should clarify as well. This isn't the um, New Line Cinema Peter Jackson stuff. They have rights to it. It's that's kind of its own thing. That's still owned by New Line Cinema and War- and Warner Brothers. That's why you'll probably see Gandalf show up in all of the like multiverses games and the Lego Dimensions games and such. Um, it's such, it is such an odd one. It's crazy to think that in in the world of I guess Star Wars and Marvel being owned by Disney. In my mind, this is kind of this was the next big IP that covers kind of like yeah. decades, uh, well actually almost centuries at this point, and. It's just it's to think that they own it. They haven't like acquired it for like a ten year deal. Like they own everything. Um, they actually go into in the press statement saying about all the other things because of course we've got Amazon's Lord of the Rings uh, TV, uh, the Rings of Power series coming up on the second of September. That that costs Amazon like hundreds of millions they put into each episode. We don't know what that's going to look like. Um, and then kind of folding into this story, there is also um, a couple of other Lord of the Rings. Like actually, weirdly enough, before this announcement was made. Um, we got the announcement um, that Private Division and Weta Workshop, who helped Peter Jack, they did all the Peter Jackson kind of miniatures, the bigotures, the CGI and stuff for, for Gollum and Andy Serkis back in the day. They're working with Private Division uh, on a new game as well. So there's kind of like loads of just like stuff we know about. Um, there's the Return to Moria game that was announced like last month. That's uh, that's in in partnership with the uh, Epic Games company uh, which is kind of your work as a bunch of dwarfs you go into the mines and it, it kind of looks like um not i don't say minecraft but it's inspired by it's like a crafting uh, game including dwarfs and lord of the rings and as we break it's, away from the movies it's a multiplayer survival game a multiplayer survival um, game which sounds cool like visually like visu- visually it's it's different i need in my mind i need to break away from everything looking like the peter jackson movies yeah, then it's kind of like inspired by things like games like Seven Days to Die, Stranded Deep, Subnautica, Valheim, and The Forest. I mean, a Valheim game set in Middle Earth does sound pretty cool. And it does, but again, when I've looked at, I've looked, I've only seen screenshots, and I don't, I'm not impressed by them. You've got high standards at the moment, Richie. I for Lord of the Rings, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Like, it look, it looks fine. But yeah, what, I don't know. It's... Yeah, so the the Weta Workshop one, um, obviously Weta Workshop, not traditionally a video game maker. Obviously, they do phenomenal CGI work across the film and movie industry, and they, they've done a lot of stuff. Um, despite the details, there's actually not there's actually very little uh, that we know about. It's based in the uh, Middle Earth universe. Uh, Private Division is part of the Take Two Interactive um, team, so we should point out as well that they've published other titles like the Cable Space Program. Um, Obsidian, uh, The Outer Worlds as well, and uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, and a couple of other ones that published. But uh, again, 
linking it to Stadia, take two, we don't know what that relationship looks like at the moment. We're not getting the PGA, the NBA games, so who knows if that can be turned around right now. Uh, but yeah, again, weird to see that this announcement was last week, and then at the end of the week, Embrace were like, oh, we own them all now. But then Amazon are doing the TV series, and uh, we should point out they don't have the rights to the books, to like the actual print published ebooks and stuff yeah. so there's there's one thing that wasn't up for sale it would look like um in my mind the perfect scenario for this is they take this ip and they give it to crystal dynamics or adios montreal of course wonderful tomb raider games the guardians of the galaxy game was one of my favorite from last year single player narrative in this world tell me a story using these characters and make it fun because i don't think we've had a good third person action adventure game since ea's Two Towers and Return the King. I actually scratched that. The Shadow of War games were pretty good, as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I would. I'd hate to think it was just given to one of their lesser studios. Let's say. I know your fear was the the double A quality. I know that it would be a bad yeah. game, but like you said, I hold this IP in such high I, regard. Yeah, I that's want it. To it's see triple like, A only. One hundred percent. Embrace Group make good games. Mm-hmm. But the good games at a level below where I think this IP needs to be pitched at. Yeah. This is, I think this is one of probably the most valuable IPs ever. Like, at least in terms of cultural impact. Mm -hmm. It's, I think it's so, it's like, it's like giving the Star Wars IP or a Marvel IP to... The CW. Yeah. The Flash and the Arrow uh, shows. Oh, wasn't Arrow good at first? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They were uh, good, yeah. but then the quality wasn't it, obviously. It, yeah, there long it's term. given. It, it, I'm trying to think. Like it'd be given, like given that IP to a studio that Nickelodeon hasn't hasn't yet proven themselves. Like it's a big IP for them to be mm. exclusively handling. Well, it's kind of like the uh, the Gollum game that was recently delayed, like Daedalic yeah. Entertainment, who they've not. Like, what have they really put out that's of note? And yet they've got the Gollum game, which is now delayed till and, I can't remember and when. When it's when it's a one-off game, you can I can look you can look at it a bit differently. It's like, okay, this is a smaller title. It's a bit quirky. Just you fill in a bit of the gaps of what Gollum was up to. But it's no, I don't think anyone's looking at that game. Go the Gollum game going. This is the next big AAA game. This is potential game of the year contender. Where I think that's where. Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. a Lord of the Rings game should be trying to pitch itself. Like, yeah, it should be it should be going for the game of year awards. Yeah, and it's always a funny thing with IP because you kind of you lose out on certain elements. Like, there's some terrific games like I mentioned there: the Two Towers, Return of the King, um, the War in the North game for PlayStation Three was great as well. And because of the license and stuff, we'll never really get a chance to see the remasters of those games. Like. Like EA did the Mass Effect remaster, but EA don't have the license for Lord of the Rings now, and it's kind of a similar situation to the Battlefront stuff we were just talking about. Where do EA even have the rights to do another Battlefront game at this moment in time with the whole Star Wars Disney thing? So it's yeah, it's odd that it's owned by Embracer. What does concern me is in the article they also say other opportunities include exploring additional movies based on iconic characters such as Gandalf, Aragorn, Gollum, Galadriel, and Eowyn, and other characters from the literary works. I don't want to see them do a movie about Gandalf that isn't Ian McKellen. Yeah, same. And I, don't I don't think Ian McKellen will probably yeah, want to see I, that. Yeah, either. exactly. I don't. That's obviously... literally, isn't that literally why he did the Hobbit? Because he didn't, he couldn't face the fact that anyone else was Gandalf. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of weird because it's not like if they want to make another movie, 
great. But if it's not in the same world, if it's not like Andy Serkis portraying Gollum and if he looks different, if it's Aragorn, it's not Viggo Mortensen, I'm kind of like, mm, it's it's and a weird it's one bu- for me. It comes to me as budget. It's like, I'm optimistic with Rings of Power because Amazon are spending all of the money in all the world money, on yeah. that. So if, if that show is terrible, it's not because of the budget. It's not like they weren't putting the money in to make it happen. It was like, whatever the creative division vision or whatever mm-hmm. problems it potentially may have with THQ it because most of the game not THQ, Embrace Game because the majority of the games they released fall in that double A category they always feel held back by budget and like ambition so it's like yeah you haven't maybe maybe this is them stepping up like we're getting this IP we are going to step up we are going to we've been buying all these little IPs getting that Getting our um, roots set, and now we're going to start growing who we are as publisher, as a publisher, as developers. Yeah, and this is the IP to do it, and Tomb Raider is the IP to do it. But my skepticism comes because I don't think they're proving themselves, rather than that they're not capable. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said, and I think to put things into like financial perspective, the the fee for this purchase was undisclosed, so I would probably guesstimate this is the most money Embracer have ever spent. Oh yeah, to acquire this to, because um, again, to put things in a financial perspective, uh, Amazon Amazon's upcoming The Rings of Power uh, for season one. It's going to cost Amazon four hundred and sixty-five million dollars for one season of a show. I have a firm belief that that is more than Google has spent on Stadia this entire year. Um, Easily. It, oh yeah, it makes you wonder who else will have been in. Co- in the running for this, was it even for, like was it even for sale, or did they just come in with a, the sweetest deal possible? And the Tolkien estate went, uh, "Yep, I will have that mithril. <laughs> we'll take it right now." Yeah, it feels like one of them IPs that's always been difficult to get your hands on. Well, yeah, the and Tolkien estate man- has notoriously been tough to negotiate with. Yeah, and they've managed to not again not lease the IP to mm-hmm. purchase a lot of the rights associated with the works. Not not all, but a lot of them. It feels like how that's kind of been easy to pull off. No. So hopefully they've went and sat down with the Tolkien and Skate and went, "This is our vision for what we're going to do," and actually just blow them, blown them away. And hopefully that's what we'll see. Yeah, interesting stuff. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on the uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit, um, as it comes out, um, and hopefully. Because this is Embracer. Again, they have a great relationship with Google Stadia. We've got lots of games out from the various divisions of the Embracer group on the platform. Uh, we, also, we are still waiting for confirmation of certain titles like the new upcoming SpongeBob Cosmic Shake, I think it's called. Um, Destroy All Humans 2 yeah. Reprobed. Still don't know about that one. Uh, and a couple of other titles which uh, we had a big influx initially and then they've kind of stepped off a little bit. But uh... Yeah, um, last week we did the THQ Nordic mm. Roundup and... For those who didn't watch that last week, the day of they um, talk, they tweet THQ Nordic tweeted about a, a, a stadia sale, linking it to the, um, the presentation, mm-hmm. and then there was no stadia logos throughout the presentation. So who knows? That's just a stadia thing, though, right? No logos. Yeah. Um, but while we're on the Embracer topic, there was a couple more stories to come up from this, as I mentioned, because they didn't just go on that one and purchase the Lord of the Rings stuff. They also went on. Uh, to purchase a Tripwire Interactive. So for those who don't know Tripwire are, they're more recently famous for the Killing Floor games and the uh, Man-Eater title where you were the shark. 
Uh, I know it was a PlayStation Plus game a few, uh, probably earlier on this year. Uh, you create a white shark, you basically go around uh, chomping people up, which uh, was quite fun. Quite fun. Uh, that tr- they're going to fall under the Saber Interactive banner, um, who Tripwire have worked with in the past on, on certain titles. So they've, they've cooperated before, so it seems like an obvious purchase, I guess, if you're in the market for them. Um, moving on, they also uh, purchased Tuxedo Labs. Uh, so Tuxedo Labs, uh, they're, a, they're a team probably you've not heard of. They've got a game on Steam called Teardown, uh, which is a, a voxel-based heist, uh, heist game, uh, but it is currently sat uh, in fourth position on Steam's highest rated games of 2022. So, yeah. again, never heard of it, but it's it sat there. Uh, to, to give you an idea of its company, uh, number one is Stray, two is God of War, three is Power Wash Simulator, of course, and uh, four is Teardown in question. So, Tuxedo Labs doing some good stuff over there. Um, where are we at as well? They also wanted to get into the... Um, uh, physical game space because they also acquired uh, Limited Run Games, which uh, for those who don't know about Limited Run Games, they are the team that essentially put out uh, physical copies of uh, games now that wouldn't otherwise have them. So indie titles, they, they do, they do uh, literally what their company name suggests. They do a limited run of, say, like a thousand copies of a, a smaller indie game and uh, sell them physically. And uh, They're big on things like game preservation and stuff, like Keeping, yeah. keeping games alive. Completely. And uh, to quote from the Embracer blog, um, again, this is Lars Wingfors, the uh, CEO. Uh, As an avid collector, I've admired Limited Run's collector's editions. They've built a strong brand that resonates with players. We see opportunities for Limited Run games to further grow their business with the Carbon Engine by bringing back classic games and extend their footprint geographic- geographically sorry, through synergies with other companies within Embracer. So essentially look for probably Limited Run versions of classic Embracer titles uh, coming back and again we're in this world where remasters reboots and classic remakes are very much a, a quick money maker so having a distribution arm of physical games within your embracer company it seems like good business yeah is uh, i think that they could limit run games probably get more investment which means they can do all the great work they're doing more of it mm-hmm. i think that could that could be a great partnership yeah uh, they also went on to buy a Japanese studio, their first Japanese studio, we should point out, um, that deal with uh, retro titles. And uh, finally, they also um, bought another one, but it's a secret for now, Richie. So within the article, they said that there's uh, an undisclosed, uh, and in addition to the five community, uh, communicated acquisitions today, Embracer has entered into agreement to acquire another company within the PC console gaming uh, that for commercial reasons is not disclosed today. The purchase price for this undisclosed acquisition is in the range of being among either third or fourth largest of the transactions. The, the consideration of financial impact for the undisclosed acquisition is included in the press release. So the third or fourth Ubisoft. biggest app... You know what? I wouldn't put it past them at this point. Um, if they're saying it's the third or fourth largest, and their largest is obviously going to be the Lord of the Rings acquisition, which we said could be upwards of, like, what, a billion potentially, if not a lot yeah. more. You know, if if, if because maybe they couldn't turn around because Ubisoft have a presentation at Gamescom this week and they need to legally get the presentation out the way with the partners before announcing well, it. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Well, that's it. They've ended it into an agreement. It, that doesn't necessarily think, mean that every every like T is dotted, every I is crossed. That there's probably maybe some small things that they have to work on, a few terms and conditions, mm-hmm. all that that sort of stuff. So it might not be 100% finalized, but it's like, yep, yeah, we've got the agreement in principle done. Now we just need to go right. The deal's happening. 
then we'll talk about it. Then we'll talk. Uh, insane, insane stuff. And uh, again, I'm, I'm very optimistic that Embracer will have a continued relationship with Stadia going forward. Again, I'd love to see some actual I mean, announcements. If they do buy Ubisoft, I can guarantee it. Yeah, it's it's again this the the world of mergers and acquisitions uh, does not seem to be slowing down anytime soon. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year we see another big move happen, and uh, once again the games industry just keeps uh, keeps spending and getting bigger and bigger. Um, one thing that's getting bigger and bigger is the upcoming excitement for From Space, the sequel to From it, Space. From Space, it came from space and ate our brains. Uh, spiritual successor or direct sequel have not confirmed. Uh, there was a demo, of course, up on Stadia a few uh, months back until it was pulled uh, after some trials, betas, and testing. And uh, it's recently been announced coming to the platform on September 29th this year. The game will be priced at £15.99 UK, uh, $19.99 US dollars, and $19.99 euros. Um, reading from uh, Remco de Rouge, uh, founder and CEO of Triangle Studios, uh, here, and I quote, here at the studios we strive to create great games that are fun for everyone regardless of age or skill level and believe that the quirky, fun and light-hearted scenarios create an experience that lasts. We're so excited for players to get stuck in to From Space with their friends and family. Uh, of course, for those who haven't played From Space before, um, it's a great little game, uh, top kind of top-down uh, a tiny top-down shooter, similar to Dead Nation or Helldivers, if you've yeah, ever played a, that before. Twin six shooter. Yeah, squad up, shoot and explode, stab random purple pink aliens, uh, pick special skills, level up, uh, choose your loadout, and uh, survive the apocalypse. Uh, essentially, so you won't have to wait too long for From Space. 29th of September, uh, just over one month away. That's how close we are to autumn being upon us. Uh, next up, as we round out some uh, game news for this upcoming week, uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, I should say, new Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, It's had a leak this week, so uh, anyone remembers the original Telltale game um, from Telltale Games um, told the story of a bunch of new characters in the world of Pandora, uh, spun off from the Borderlands franchise, uh, wasn't made by Gearbox, was published by them, and uh, was received very, very well, so much so that Gearbox have now decided to take it upon themselves to make an entirely new Tales from the Borderlands game, and due to an Amazon leak uh, this last week, the box art, some screenshots, uh, and a rumoured release date of the 21st of October uh, came out, which points me towards the belief that Gamescom may see something in particular from uh, these guys. Uh, Richie, did you did you play Tales from the Borderlands? You did, right? I did, yes. Fantastic. Um, this one, of course, not handled by Telltale, not handled by the new Telltale that kind of re-emerged. This is purely done in-house at Gearbox. Um, so how do you feel about this? It's 21st of October. I, I very much believe with it coming from Amazon that it's real, it's happening, definitely locked in. Um, where do you sit with this one? I, I'm all for it. Um, 2K are clearly trying to push Borderlands as one of their premium franchises. We've, we've had Tiny Teenage Wonderlands um, earlier, was it earlier this year or last year? Earlier this um, year. Earlier this year. So that that franchise has clearly got stuff they want to do with. Tales from, the original Tales from the Borderlands was re, is one of the best Telltale games in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. It's like that the Borderlands IP I think lends itself like the comedy of it quite well to that very much narrative driven um, experience and yeah another another episode of that I'm all for 
Yeah, well, they're, they're going to say in the in the description to say take a stand against the ruthless corporate overlords in a narrative-driven adventure. The deluxe edition, which is the one that leaked, is available to pre-order. Um, protagonists Anu, Octavio, and Fran, as well as ten thousand in-game currency, and you get an in-game FL4K uh, Vault Lander collectible as well. Whatever the hell that is. Um, just like the original story, the story will be divided into five distinct chapters, and decisions you make determine how the story ends in unexpected ways. Um, Borderlands aren't just home to Vault Hunters, Psycho and weapon corp CEOs they're full of downtrodden intrepid civilians just trying to get by with a host of returning and fresh faces this unforgettable tale is sure to delight fans new and old um, of course this is uh, done by Gearbox One, completely, uh, funnily enough owned by the Embracer Group because it seems like everybody is nowadays um, this isn't Telltale I should stress that so notoriously I think the writing in the Borderlands games is fun but I'm, I always enjoy Borderlands for the gameplay over the story. And kind of the, the tales yeah. of the Borderlands kind of flipped that on its head where I actually cared more about the story than the gameplay. And uh, I'm interested to see how Gearbox kind of meld the two experiences on their own without Telltale. Yeah, I think Borderlands has got that kind of... It's got great gameplay, it's got good comedy, it's got good writing. But because it is quite open world, mm. big, big areas, it does suffer a little bit from... Like the story getting fallen to the background for the gameplay, mm-hmm. where with Tale, Tales from the Borderlands, it was the story was front and center, the gameplay more yeah. arguably secondary. So it kind of really shined what that Borderlands comedy, what that style of writing is. I would agree. Right. Um, October 21st. Now, with the stadium way of doing things we obviously got borderlands was one of the launch titles on the platform plays very very well we've got a few live streams up on the channel um then we didn't get tiny tina's wonderlands um but then somewhere lost in the mix we also had a rating if you remember way way back in the day for the handsome jack collection and borderlands 2 was esrb rated for stadia like probably well over nearly two years ago probably now what do you think do you think this could be a good get? Because we've said for some time, similar to the Lego games, the Telltale games would be fantastic on Stadia. Just down to the nature of you could have touch input, and it would it wouldn't derive that much from the the gameplay experience. Does the Handsome Jack collection have the original Tales from the Borderlands in it? No, it's Telltale. That one is the pre sequel, uh, one and two, I believe. Yeah, if memory serves. Um, I hope it comes, but. It again, yeah, as you pointed out, it's been hit on this, or we've had leaks, and then it's not come to fruition. Mm-hmm. I hope it comes. I hope they. I hope. I still hope they bring the Handsome Jack collection because they're great games. Yeah, I haven't played the pre sequel either, so it'd be interesting to pre sequel's fun. Uh, although I very you much got, feel like you spend I w- time on the moon, and you get, like the you can get very floaty mechanics, very floaty. which can be quite fun. They are fun. Um, best floaty mechanics I always enjoyed was in 007 Agent Underfire. There's a there's a throwback uh, on the PS2 where you could fight each other in kind of like just a one-on-one multiplayer like deathmatch, but you could turn off gravity so you float around. But then because you're James Bond, you've got a grapple on your watch, so you would basically grapple around the map from ceiling to floor to wall whilst trying to kill. Well, in my in my opinion, trying to kill my little brother. Um, super fun. The guy who the, did the visuals for James Bond looked nothing like any Bond you've ever seen. It was some of the worst character model for James Bond ever. Uh, but yeah, shout out to um, what's it, Agent Under Fire? Yeah, and then Nightfire was much better. But I digress. Bring back some Bond games. You haven't? I mean, Hitman Studio IO working on a Bond game. We might see that at all, uh, game games come opening night live. 
but we'll get into that in our predictions just in a little while. Uh, Tales, new Tales from the Borderlands, then hopefully soon. Hopefully we'll get some information on that one imminently. Uh, but we don't have to wait too much longer for information on Slaycation Paradise. Uh, did you touch on Slaycation Paradise last week? I don't think we did. Um, I remember reading something about it, but I don't. I didn't recall it being picked up in the show. But I might have just seen a tweet about it. Um, Merge Games, uh, Slaycation Paradise has just been ESRB rated, um, which interestingly enough, Merge Games um, are due an announcement imminently. My sources tell me. Um, but I believe it's under embargo, so I can't actually say at the moment if this is the game in question or not. But either way, this particular game from Merge Games has been ESRB rated, so keep your eyes peeled uh, over on the tweet threads and stuff, and if so, we'll clarify it next week, maybe, perhaps, perchance. So nestled deep in the heart of the galaxy, our state-of-the-art facility at Slaycation Paradise offers exclusive access to leisurely slaying activities for all warp travellers. Sounds like Westworld. Uh, looking to get away from the daily grind, explore beautiful and chaotic destinations filled with an array of monsters intent on your demise. Slay away your worries and have time, uh, have the time of your life as the world around you withers and dies. Uh, Slaycation Paradise has unique interdimensional portals offering an exciting selection of alternate Earth annihilation scenarios for you and your family to enjoy. Marvel at stunning vistas as worlds die in a fiery hellscape. Uh, so yeah, I'm, again, it doesn't really tell me what the game is about. But it looks like basically various apocalypse scenarios that you uh, take on. And again, actually looks quite similar to the previously mentioned From Space in terms of what it's doing. But we'll find out more about that in the imminent future from Merge Games. Um, next story of the week, we have uh, we had a little bit of a dev update, which we've not actually had in, in quite some time. Reading from the Stadia dev blog... Um, uh, they wrote over there about extending the Stadia's app architecture to more devices, specifically focused on TV. So we've had the Stadia Web TV app. Uh, they've also got their own codename, Cobalt, uh, Starboard, and the Stadia streaming client uh, broken down. And essentially, they're, they're breaking down the, the techie news, essentially, behind probably the more recent rollouts to the Samsung Gaming Hub, LG TVs, Hisense TVs, and a couple of more things as well um, behind the scenes to do with the formatting and how it runs differently uh, go check out the stadia dev blog if you if you're teching you're into that kind of like nerdy behind the scenes uh, way of doing things they basically break down some of the challenges and the opportunities they've had uh, along the way alongside uh, some of the unique platforms obviously every television every company has kind of a different interface behind the scenes uh, and how they would address that uh, i know a lot, a lot of people out there on the internet have noticed that their controller now functions to navigate around the google tv i don't know if you've seen that on yours richie have you tested that out yet I haven't, I should actually. Yeah, I've seen a couple of people uh, take some screenshots where they are able to use the Stadia control to kind of navigate through the main menus, which I think we said when Google TV with Chrome... What's it called? Google Chromecast with Google TV. Is that its full name? Chromecast with Google TV. Yeah, um, I think we first said when that first launched that it's kind of crazy that the Google controller cannot interact with that because it's connected, but you just have to basically use the remote to get to the Stadia option to then boot up the game. Uh, it looks like there has been a bit more cross-pollination there, which is great to see. Uh, they then go on to essentially discuss uh, testing, reusability, uh, and future expansion as well. So it looks like they're still working on things behind the scenes. And I think with Party Stream last week, I know you and Rob broke it down, and the kind of coding behind the scenes and everything we had at Google Games, uh, you made a really good point that last week's news on Party Stream was the first Stadia-specific news we've probably had this year talking about new features rather than it be a google immersive stream thing it was actually stadia yeah. specific 
um, which is great. I mean, to there, see. Is, there is functionality potentially that can be used in the Mesa stream, but this feels like it, it felt to me like this was an idea that came from the Stadia team, not the Mesa stream team. Yeah. Which again, it's you'd expect to see, but it's it's nice to see some little updates, uh, features, and benefits coming out of it. So, just like next story, our good friend uh, Code Z over on Twitter um, doing uh, doing some great work, tweeting out about uh, particular new games that they'd love to see on the platform. I know the hashtag Bring It to Stadia is very much alive and well out there. I think every single week I see multiple people tweeting out random devs, indie devs, big devs, and saying like, why not why not bring the game to our platform? And um, Codzy did that exact same thing this week to Bethesda, of all people. Of course, Bethesda have multiple games on Stadia, uh, but nothing recently. Of course, they were acquired by Microsoft uh, a good while back now. And um, they were tweeting out about the Quake remaster uh, recently, and he, he tweeted at them all, tagged them, everything that you need to do. Uh, will the Quake remaster ever be released on Google Stadia? It was released on all other platforms, and it would be a great addition to the platform. Uh, since then, the Bethesda support team uh, replied and tweeted back saying, Hi, if you would like to provide feedback on Quake Remastered to be on Google Stadia, please feel free to submit this feedback here. And there's a link to a Bethesda feedback form. Uh, so, seen loads of people jump on this and say, Submit feedback. Thank you very much, done. Greetings. Uh, and Bethesda support have been fantastic at actually replying to people and saying, We appreciate the feedback. Thank you very much. Thanks for your feedback, etc. So, all I would say is just head over there and uh, leave your feedback, follow the link and uh, encourage people to do so. I don't know necessarily what it'll do, Richie. The feedback form is very much a case of this is quick support, fill out a box for feedback and then submit. But uh, you know what? It doesn't hurt to try, does it? It's, um, it's your best chance. It's your best chance of seeing it come. I think it personally probably lost cause since Microsoft bought Bethesda, but never say never. So if, if you want to see Quake come to Stadia, head over there. Give them the feedback. Say you want to let them know. Because if you don't let them know, they, they won't know. Like if you it's... don't let them know, they won't know. Yeah, that's it. Never a truer sentence said, Richie. Uh, but yes, um, what's your? You got an experience with Quake? No, not really. Um, no. I think I've, I think I had played it, but as a kid. Yeah, I think I had a version of it, but I couldn't tell you which Quake version it was or something. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a Doom guy now. Anyway. Uh, moving on, though, final few stories of the weeks of the week, folks. Uh, Deliver Us Mars has been delayed. Uh, we don't really know uh, if it's coming, but of course, we got Deliver Us the Moon eventually came to Stadia Pro a month after it was. Uh, it was it a month after it was promised, or was it two months? Can't remember now. Um, all blazing into one. All, this, all these Stadia subjects and topics. Uh, either way, uh, Keoken Interactive tweeted out uh, one of those press releases on Twitter. And I'll read directly from it. Deliver Us Mars is Keoken Interactive's most ambitious project to date. The journey that players will take uh, as Kathy Johansson is packed with deeply emotional moments and fraught with danger. It is important to us that this experience is the best it can be at launch. With this in mind, we've collectively made the difficult decision to move the release date to 2nd of February 2023. In order to make uh, sure that the uh, game will live up to its ambition... Whilst we understand the news might be disappointing, we're excited for you all to face the challenges of Mars, traverse its hostile environments, and discover the mystery of the Arcs. Uh, your patience will allow us to deliver the best experience we can. In the meantime, we'll be sharing a fresh look at Deliverers Mars at the Future Game Showcase featured at Gamescom with a brand new trailer on the 24th of August 2022. So that's the day after Gamescom when it fully kicks off live in person. Um, obviously, we're hoping 
fingers crossed that this game comes to Stadia, maybe even as Pro, um, after Deliverers the uh, Moon finally came out. Uh, it had its next-gen release as well on PS5 and Series X, so um, no surprise with this delay, Richie. We're still in the kind of... The, the, so 2020 is the year of video game delays, after all. I've, big and maybe small. Maybe what we should... Maybe what we should start doing is just have a block of the show where we talk about games that haven't been delayed yet. Yeah, it will be a smaller list. It will be a smaller list. Yeah, it's um, like, I mean, I always say the same thing. Take the time you need. I'd rather wait for a game to be good. Exactly. Don't you, Miyamoto, me. Uh, otherwise, if the game doesn't have the time it needs, it can sometimes get dragged out a little bit. Just like the next story of the week, uh, Avengers reading from our good friends over at Stadia Source. Um Actually, reading specifically from yours truly, because my article. Uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes are getting a new member. Uh, Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics just announced a hulk ton of updates incoming from Marvel's Avengers this September uh, as part of the update 2.6 to the game. Uh, This will introduce a new Warzone area titled No Rest for the Wicked and feature a new villain-focused adventure seeing the potential return of MODOK alongside improvements across all the rostered combat heroes uh, featuring on the combat style, the balance, and any traversal mechanics. It looks like they're doing some tweaks. Um, More importantly, the update will come with a next playable piece of content, uh, which will be the AIM cloning lab, and they're going to increase the uh, level cap for the game and some new gear alongside it. But the biggest news, of course, is that there is a new addition to the Avengers roster in the form of Bucky Barnes, a.k.a. the Winter Soldier, who will be joining the fight alongside his former allies as a hybrid brawler and marksman, adding yet another way to play Marvel's Avengers. Now, this game's been going on for quite some time. Um, I'm actually very surprised. No She-Hulk. The She-Hulk series started on Disney Plus this yeah, very yeah. week, and it was leaked that and rumoured. That seems like the easy bet, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it was um, It was actually leaked from the voice actress uh, who was doing She-Hulk that uh, she retweeted it that she was working on something for Aven- the Avengers game. And uh, it seems like perfect synergy to get it out. I actually, funny, funny story. She's my voicing f- Bucky Barnes. <laughs> yeah, switched it around. Um, funny story, my first article I was going to write for Stadia Source was on the She-Hulk news. And then because it kind of, nothing ever kind of materialized of it, I never published it. So I'm now doing, funnily enough, an, an article on the Winter Soldier instead, which it could play very interestingly because we've had we've had other heroes. We had Mighty Thor, Jane Foster last time round, who very much plays like Thor. But with Bucky having his his metal arm and then a machine gun at the same time, you would imagine it's going to kind of be an interesting combination of I'd imagine Black Widow shooting style mechanics, then with some actual physical melee attributes as well. So an exciting one and a, and a happy surprise for for me as well. I didn't jump in and play the Mighty Thor because there was no extra story. Uh, the last one I did was uh, Wakanda. But this game just keeps on going, Richie. And now, obviously, it's part of Embracer as well. Technically, they own Crystal, who made this game. But do they own the IP? Because that's with Disney. It's it's so convoluted. Um, but keeps ticking I, over Marvel's Avengers. I still think there's a clock on this game where they'll probably have to honor yeah. what agreements in place and whatever character rollouts have already agreed. Mm-hmm. But I've got a feeling once that time passes, that's it. Time passes unless they go back in time. And Crystal is still owned by Square. Their deal's yes, been announced, true. but I don't think it's been ratified yet. So true, 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 true. Um, but you know what? If you don't want to play Marvel's Avengers, fear not, because uh, we had the final and uh, new story and announcement of the week that Outright <laughs> so Games, next? yes, the next game, uh, Bratz Flaunt Your Fashion, has been officially confirmed by Outright Games over on the website. 
Um, what more is there to say about these characters? Play as your favourite Bratz character and begin your globetrotting adventure to become the world's best fashion reporter. Start in your hometown of uh, Stylesville and choose your characters from the original Bratz pack. Yasmin, Chloe, Jade and Sasha then, bla- uh, then blaze a trail as you chase the biggest style stories, take on quests and help new friends and play scorching minigames full of bratitude. Uh, well, this obviously isn't for us, Richie. It's a family. It's outright family games. Continue on the platform. Coming to Google Stadia uh, later on this year. Um, but you know what? Fill your boots. Um, yeah, I think it's one of them games where you, you know very quickly. With uh, as soon as you hear "blat" um, "brat" flaunt your fashion, you know now whether you're in or not. Yeah, I'm sure there's many people out there uh, with the things. It's actually weird reading the names Yasmin, Chloe, Jade, and Sasha. I'm getting flashbacks to my sister having the, all the dolls as a kid and like probably naming them and lining them up like kids do with dolls. But uh, yeah, Billy Boots on that one. It might not be Marvel's Avengers, but there's a roster of characters for you to jump in and play and uh, get hit that bratitude, Richie. Why not? Uh, final one, though, I do want to touch on it a little bit. Gamescom is uh, technically tomorrow, if you're listening to this, when the show goes live on Monday. Um, Jeff Keighley will be hosting to, uh, tomorrow night. So, again, I mentioned it right at the top of the show. Uh, definitely join myself and Richie. Maybe Rob or Jeff. We don't know what their availability is like at the moment. But we're going to tune in, watch along for the two-hour show for news reveals and some surprises. And more importantly, hopefully some announcements for Google Stadia. Uh, before we round up this week's show, Richie, I just want to give you an opportunity to maybe theorize any big announcements you're expecting to see from this particular show what would you, well, what do you want jeff to bring to the table i mean straight away we know there's gonna be sonic, sonic frontiers there callisto protocol hogwarts legacy they're confirmed they're locks yeah hopefully no um, delay announcements in there because we did uh, hogwarts yeah. legacy was delayed until next year yes it now, was so delay and then do a big announcement about it but okay it both i think things are locked separately like it is what it is mm-hmm. um I'm not sure. Uh, who haven't we heard from in a while? So the big, some of the bigger names. We know Microsoft are going to be there in some capacity. Uh, Ubisoft are going to be there. Remember, Ubisoft have their own showcase next month in September, but they've got something to bring. My guess would be probably Skull and Bones at some point because that's their next big title on the horizon. Um, Sega are there, which is Sonic Frontiers. Uh, Warner Brothers are there. Probably going to be Gotham Knights, right? You would imagine with that game imminent in the future. It's just gone gold. Yeah. I was thinking Starfield, but that's I think next year. I think they'll keep. Now, I think so they'll keep that for themselves, to be honest. That's next year. I think if anything, that's game, probably more Game Awards. Yeah, that could be a big one at Game Awards yeah. end of the year. If it's if it's it's a Q one Q two launch, mm-hmm. feels about right. Um, Bandai Namco could maybe see maybe. some Little Nightmares three action, or is that too soon? Maybe some Pac Man action. Possibly. There's a Pac-Man movie in development. Well, yeah. Less said about that, the better, maybe. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did. I don't think I don't think we covered it in the show. I think I cut it for time, but it, it exists. It exists. It's a um, thing. Uh, 2K, and this is a good place to show it. Yeah, um, 2K, Tencent, and of course, the mighty Embracer group are also there. So expect to see some probably updates for some THQ uh, material, maybe. Shows Time Splitters. Come on. Time Splitters has been in the works for like a decade, it feels like now. What have we, what, what have we got coming up in the year? Uh, uh, some of the smaller Last teams. Last of Us? Uh, I mean, it, it's out literally in a week or so, so maybe. I mean, PlayStation aren't confirmed, so it might, we might not see anything from them. Yeah. Um, Thunderfall are there again. We know they bring some little indie yeah. titles. Uh, Team 17, got- we might see an Overcooked 3. It's been yeah, a while. Potentially. Um, Persona, there's stuff coming from, from um, Atlas at the moment, so potentially we might get a bit more information about 
timelines for Persona, mm-hmm. um, as it's coming to other platforms other than PlayStation. Not optimistic on that one, to be honest, because they've had the, the they've had the announcements. Now I think it's a case of just drop the dates and then we go with them. Okay, when then. ready. So our lovely audience, hopefully, are going to join us for that one. Seven p.m. tomorrow, Tuesday, the twenty third of August, seven p.m. UK time. Um, hopefully, we get something, Richie. I will throw it out over to you. Will we see a Stadia logo on anything? At this opening night live, just one. No. No, no, I don't think so. I think history has taught me not to expect it. So I think we'll see two. We're going to see one from a Ubisoft project, and two on another title. But that's it. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it is possible from a Ubisoft project, but even then, it's not a guarantee. It's not. But we've got roller and, some, and sometimes soon, and sometimes Jeff Keighley. As Shorts just doesn't put any logos. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But we won't have to wait out to find out long. If people listen to watching this show now, it's tomorrow. So happy days. And then, as a reminder, we also have Saints Row launching on the 23rd. So if you can pull yourself away from Saints Row to watch the Game Awards, fantastic. If not, join us on Thursday next week for our live stream, our first look live stream of the brand new Saints Row reboot. Of course, one of if not the second AAA title to come to Stadia this year. We had Extraction in January, and here we are in August, and we're getting the second one, soon to be followed by FIFA uh, next month. And I feel like there's another one. Why am I forgetting? Is there another one? Or is that it? Uh, Either way. Give us Callisto Protocol. I'd like to see that one. Uh, But that brings us to a close for episode number 152 of the Sounds of Stadia podcast, your longest-running Stadia podcast in the world. Uh, I know I said said it last week, but shout out once again. I know uh, Lloyd from StadiaCast has just decided to uh, take a long hiatus to be with his, his family and stuff a little bit more. So shout out to you, Lloyd. Uh, big inspiration for us guys over at Sounds of Stadia and Helix Cloud Games. And uh, it's uh, I'm going to miss listening to you a little bit. But uh, we've now eclipsed StadiaCast with 152 episodes. So we've been creeping up on them ever so slowly, Richie, for two and a half years now. And uh, we've done it. We've done it. And it's only made possible by our lovely viewers, listeners, and community out there. Uh, so next week, episode 153, right here on youtube.com forward slash here is cloud games. And of course, we're still available on all your podcast preference, preferential services up there in the digital clouds. Do listen. If you are listening on Spotify, do give us a review. Five stars, please, 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 please. Uh, if not on YouTube, leave us a comment. Give us, leave us a like and click that bell so you're kept in the loop with all of the amazing content. As I said, Talking the PS, our weekly PlayStation podcast, goes live tomorrow on free feeds. If you are a Helix Hero, one of our wonderful members, you get that up to a few days early. Uh, Cloud Quest, we're going to go away and record as well. We've got a great show lined up for Cloud Quest 81. Saints Row next week, Gamescom, and much, much more. And more importantly, next week, hopefully, our secret reveal for our third year anniversary coming soon uh, my name's been Chris you can find me at cyberchris2077 on Twitter uh, my co-host Richie I'm at RichieC89 and you can find everything else on all socials Facebook Instagram Twitter at Helix Cloud Games I was going to name some other ones there but we don't really use them so I won't, I won't push them uh, if you do want to join in with a bunch of like-minded gamers and Stadia fans and, and cloud gaming all in all uh, join us on our Discord the link is below and click join if you want to support the channel that extra bit more that's been it Richie episode 152 it's been fantastic to be back back in the hot seat <clears throat> once again 
um, for all these wonderful shows. Thank you very much. And remember, folks, play whatever makes you the happiest. Goodbye. Bye.